Hey guys, welcome to the other side with me, Anita Hartog. Today I'm here with my friend Jessica DeLeon. I am actually telling my own story today, so I needed somebody to help interview me. Jessica's going to keep me on track. She is a counselor and a wonderful dear friend, and I'm so grateful that she is here with me today. So thanks for joining me. Thanks for asking me. I, I feel really honored. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm like not that important, but thanks for being on. In my world, it. you are. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. So let's just start by like, what is your intention for this podcast? My intention is to bring awareness to mental health. Mm -hmm. And to talk about stories that most people don't, whether it's embarrassment, mm -hmm. shame, mm -hmm. or the fact that they just kind of wanted to move on and get on with life, mm -hmm. you know, and that's kind of been my situation yeah. in the past. You know, I just wanted to forget about it and move on with life, mm -hmm. you know, not live in the past, as they say. Right. right? So. And yeah. I think that's one of the things that you and I are, you know, kind of have in common is that we're both very like transparent and vulnerable about what we've experienced in our life. And we're not afraid to talk about the taboo, which right. I really appreciate about yeah. you. So what is it about mental health? Like, why is this important to you? Well, most people don't know about me is that I tried to take my life at the age of 18. It was just a crazy time. I had my first real boyfriend and, you know, when you don't know what you don't know, right. right? My parents were married for 25 years. They had a great marriage. I just figured you get married, you have children, and you have a family, and that's kind of what life is. Mm -hmm. And uh, I dated him, and he liked other women, and as most young boys do, right? Mm -hmm. I was only 18, and he was my first everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just, that didn't work out, and, and that left me really feeling down on myself. Mm -hmm. And then I struggled with body image. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, if he's cheating on me, it's because I'm not hot, right? I'm not as pretty as these girls. And so then that slowly manifested into bulimia. Mm -hmm. So you add that on top of the fact that my parents were having issues and, and me not knowing at that time that I was an empath and I was just really sucking in all this energy that mm -hmm. wasn't even mine, you know? So I'm dealing with my own and then I'm dealing with theirs and it just became overwhelming and, and I was tired mm -hmm. and I just wanted it done I was like raised Catholic always mm -hmm. told how beautiful heaven was and and the truth is I just wanted to be home yeah. with my father yeah. you know and so yeah I I uh, attempted and obviously did not succeed mm -hmm. thank God because I'm here now to share my story mm -hmm. but uh fast forward 30 years my nephew he surrendered his life mm. and I could not help but think, what if I would have said something? Mm. What if I would have talked about it or shared my story? Maybe things would have been different. Mm -hmm. So now I just feel like it's my life's purpose mm -hmm. to share my story and to let others know that, you know, there's power in your story. Yes. Like, you know, you're a survivor. I'm a survivor. Yes, you are. And thank God that my sister introduced us to the American Foundation for Suicide mm -hmm. Prevention mm -hmm. because that's where I was allowed to first share my story right. and to realize like, man, there's hundreds of people here. Yeah. And then they're either suffering, like living with a loss mm -hmm. or them themselves are struggling mm -hmm. with mental health issues themselves. Right. And so it just showed me this whole community that was just hurting and hungry right. for, for information and yeah. help and yeah. resources. And unfortunately, there's still such a stigma about this topic. 
you know, like whether through like the religious lens or, you know, clinical, that this is something, it's a sensitive conversation. So to go a little bit deeper, like what do you wish people understood about somebody who's contemplating surrendering, surrendering their life? They have to know that you can talk to them. Mm-hmm. You can clearly ask them, are you feeling suicidal? Mm-hmm. That's not going to make them commit suicide. Mm-hmm. That's going to give them an opportunity to say yes, that they have. Mm-hmm. And and if they if they don't, you you at least they know that somebody cares. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. they might not say they have, but they may have. Yeah. And and then you ask them, like, have you if they say yes, then have you thought of how mm-hmm. you're going to do it? Mm-hmm. Because then that shows that they've even taken it that far. Right. So it, it's like, okay, maybe they need a little more help. Mm-hmm. And, and you're able to give them resources in order to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. and Or maybe you be the sounding board for a minute and right. just listen. Just listen. Yeah. there's a, you, you can't save somebody, mm-hmm. but you can listen. And sometimes that's saving somebody. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we have to also know that we're not equipped right. to to help them. Yeah. So we have to, you know, find resources to help them, but at least they know that somebody cares. Right. Right. Yeah. And I find it interesting that you titled your podcast, The Other Side. And, you know, talking about this dark time in your life and contemplating suicide and actually attempting, what, what made you get to the other side of that? Like, how did you kind of find the light and want to continue to be here on earth? It's like they say your life flashes before your eyes. Mm -hmm. And I was 18 at the time. So being 18, I I saw my my family. Mm. And and I just knew that, fortunately for me, I I did have a strong base Mm -hmm. until I was 18, Mm -hmm. which sometimes, you know, is harder because Mm -hmm. this life you thought was going to be forever, it's like you feel like it's all a fraud. It's it's a sham, right? You know? Um, you know, unfortunately, when we're telling our own stories, sometimes other people's stories come out. And mm-hmm. when I was 18, my dad cheated on my mom mm-hmm. after 25 years. Mm-hmm. So that was tragic. Everything I knew to be true was not anymore. Right. Right. But the reality is, is that I realized, like, this is still my life. Mm-hmm. And I, I do want to live. Yeah. I, I don't want to be done yet. Yeah. And and I called my parents and they called 911. But for me, that was that moment in time mm-hmm. you know yeah and this really speaks to something that's near and dear to my heart as a counselor um what i see is that what we're really missing in society is what we you know used to do in the past and in other cultures they still honor you know these threshold ceremonies when you reach a, a new phase of life the community gathers around and celebrates that new phase of life we just did this for my daughter and mm-hmm. anita was part of that we did a threshold ceremony initiating her into adulthood And one of the things I learned um, in preparation for that ceremony was specifically moving from teenage to adulthood and you being 18 when you, you know, were going through this Mm -hmm. phase of your life. From a spiritual standpoint, there is a death that occurs when you're moving from childhood into adulthood. And if that transition is not honored and supported, there's there's this this kind of almost uh, like glitch that happens where you do want to die, but it's a spiritual death that needs to happen. And, and there's something that I think that's really important to speak about this and, um, and all many different phases of our life mm-hmm. when there's a death and a rebirth and, and how can we kind of honor that phase in our life? And it's not, 
it's not that something's wrong or bad. There is there is a death happening. There mm-hmm. is a descent. There is a going inside, and something needs to be reconciled for a new phase um, and a rebirth that's 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 happening. And you know, I think people think right they have a party, mm-hmm. right? And, and you <laughs> a know, quinceanera, a quinceanera, <laughs> or a big party, right. and it's totally different. I mean, that ceremony was beautiful. We were able to surround her and pray about her and yeah. give her like you know, some real information mm-hmm. on on becoming an adult right. and, and celebrating that moment of becoming an adult yeah. and letting her know that that we're here right. and that she's like a real conversations, yeah. not just a party. It's, it's so there's so much confusion in the so world much. today and so much distraction. So and, much. and we've really lost that community. Mm-hmm. And, and we I think as a, as a people, we desire that village community. Yes. And when they say it takes a village, it takes a freaking village. Does. You it know, I, I had my son at 22 because I was traumatized, right, from my life, from what happened. Mm-hmm. So then I go become a young parent, mm-hmm. but I'm a effed up parent mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm messed up in my head mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that led me to raise somebody who wasn't so altogether. Mm-hmm. And now being wiser Mm -hmm. and older I find myself trying to nurture my son the way he should have been nurtured then and and I see the troubles he goes through and Mm -hmm. I just think damn it he's me like he's a reflection of me and you're looking at in the mirror and you're like okay but now how do I fix this right you know because it's never too late to fix it Mm -hmm. So, so I find that's part of this. Like, yeah. I want to fix it, but I don't just want to fix it in my son. I want to fix it in the world. Mm-hmm. And I believe, like, we could change the world. I think having these these conversations, these really uncomfortable, sensitive conversations, is what is healing. You know, like in in the program, they say that we're only as sick as our secrets. And yes. and I, as a counselor, can speak to when there are family secrets whether it's something that you're holding personally or that there's some type of dysfunctional dynamic that is going on in the family that no one discusses. Mm-hmm. and The skeletons um, in the closet, cancer. as they say. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Well, all the skeletons need to be brought out of the yeah. closet. Maybe not all of them, but, you know, the, the ones that can be shared. Right. But, and it's not even that, like, it was a big family secret. Mm-hmm. It's just that we just... Why? Mm-hmm. Why why go back? Mm-hmm. But some things need to be addressed yeah. and, and shared. Yeah. And yes, that's part of this. Like mm-hmm. I think it, we need to normalize these conversations mm-hmm. and not make it so taboo yeah. to to share your trials because being in real estate now that I am and and seeing how unfortunately it can be superficial. Mm-hmm. It can be very superficial, you know, mm-hmm. even Instagram. I'm, I was laughing I'm, I'm right now. We sat down and I'm like, oh, my God, I have to stop filming with the filter because <laughs> looking at myself without a filter, it's like, can I do this with no filter? Right. But, you know, it's it's real life. And yes, absolutely. This is how passionate I am because I'm doing this with no filter. <laughs> but it's it's important to now think like, hey, what story do I have mm-hmm. that I can share with the world yeah. that may change somebody's life? Absolutely. You know, and yeah, yeah that's why I, I want to share my story. Mm-hmm. One thing that's coming forward is if you could go back in time to your 18-year-old self, what would you say to her from the position of like your wise woman? Like what did she need to hear from a guardian at that time that maybe she didn't get? That my feelings were valid. Yeah. That my feelings were valid. Yeah, absolutely. People think that 
their kids are oblivious to what's going on. Yes. They think that they're too young mm -hmm. to handle an adult conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, they need to have that adult conversation. Yes. Yeah. They need to know that they're heard mm -hmm. and that they're valued mm -hmm. and that their opinion isn't just, I mean, sometimes they're smarter than we are. Yeah. You know, <laughs> shit, let's be real. Like sometimes they'll yeah. give us advice and you're just like, wow. oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know? Absolutely. And and that happened a lot when we were at the stairs. Yes, it did. I can speak from experience. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it's, it's. Um, yeah, your feelings are valid mm -hmm. and let's have a real conversation. Like, yeah. don't think your kids are dumb and that they don't know what's going on in your relationship. Mm -hmm. They see and hear everything. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's, I would tell her that. Yeah. So looking into the future now, you know, we were in real estate. You and I met through um, our service trips together with Prosperity mm -hmm. Homes where we go and build homes for the migrant workers in yes. Ensenada. Um, you, if I know anything about you, it's that you are incredibly generous and you oh. are, um, a helper. And, um, so with that, with the spirit of like what you've experienced in your life and, and, you know, your, your nephew and the loss of mm -hmm. his life, how are you taking all of that and kind of sharing it as a gift in the service to the world? Ooh, that's good. Well, you know, it's really crazy because, um, what other people don't know what else they don't know is that I was having issues with my husband mm -hmm. already mm -hmm. when my nephew passed and my nephew surrendered his life on my ex's birthday. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. So every, the birthday just passed. Okay. January 18th. Mm -hmm. So it was a death birthday mm -hmm. and, and a life birthday. Wow. But it was also kind of like a double death birthday because my ex, as you know, is on the street. Yeah. You know? So I was dealing with him, and mind you, um, in case you guys don't know, my ex turned from millionaire to meth addict. Mm -hmm. Like, my whole family saw us go from multiple homes, a 60-foot yacht, mm -hmm. to, you know, a condo in Long Beach yep. and kayaks, right? <laughs> They just saw us downsize, downsize, yeah. downsize. Yeah. 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 It, and it was great. I mean, you know, I, I lived the good life. But the thing is, too, I never, um, it's like appreciate everything, but be attached to nothing. Yeah. And I've always lived that way. Mm -hmm. So for me, like adjustment was always easy for him, not so much. Yeah. So I've dealing with all of that. I, I totally miss, I forgot your question. Looking into the future. Yeah. So now looking into the future, I let's say it again. Sorry. Well, well, I think that the, the fact that you've had this experience with your with your former partner, mm -hmm. and to me that I didn't know about your your nephew and his birthday yes. overlapping. Yes. So there's there's a, a stream of con of wisdom uh, called sacred contracts by Carolyn Mace and your husband told me. Yes. And so the premise is that you know we are. We, we are eternal beings having a human incarnation and, you know, this is earth school and we play these different roles in each mm -hmm. other's lives. We have these soul contracts of what we're going to learn in the dynamics mm -hmm. with one another. And so just kind of with that awareness, like what do you think the soul contract could be that you and your nephew had? And then what could possibly be the soul contract that you and your former partner have that you're learning through, you know, witnessing his dysfunction and him being on the streets? Well, it's really funny you you said we're in school because mm -hmm. I did have someone um, call my sister after my nephew passed, mm -hmm. 
And she said that she couldn't get, like she had to find my sister because this boy wouldn't leave her alone. Mm -hmm. And his message to her was, he's in school now and he's okay. Yeah. Like now he's in heaven school, right. I guess, right? So like a psychic medium yes, called your sister? Yes, yes, okay. Because she just kept getting this voice, right. like, you know, so she had to find my sister and, and yeah. she finally found her through a friend and was like, oh, I got to meet her because this guy, you know, he's been coming to me. Uh-huh. And so she did. And so the sole contract with my nephew, I believe, was to share my story. Mm-hmm. I believe he's with me every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, he sends me hearts and, you know, I get my angel numbers. I mean, even this tree, like. I have a tattoo and, and Jessica um, shared with me, like, did you see your tattoos here? <laughs> and I told them to send me a sign. I'm like, send me a sign. And that's, that's the sign. So it's on set. Always. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the soul contract with my ex, you know, that's even funnier because um, I believe he was high a lot of the time. I didn't know. Yeah. And I used to tell him, like, I believe we were together before and I really meant it. Like Mm -hmm. I believed like he was my soulmate and Mm -hmm. we were together before, but that soul contract, I have no idea. All I can say is that he would always say, I'm going to end up under a bridge. And I would say, well, maybe you're going to end up under a bridge before. So he would say that you were going to end up. He was going to end up under a bridge before you knew that he was struggling with addiction. Yes. Okay. But I'm believed he knew he was struggling with addiction. Okay. Why else would anybody say that? Uh, Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's just crazy right. to me. And I, I mean, you know, rule number one of the four agreements is be impeccable with your words. Yes. So, like that's literally like manifesting that into reality. Yes. Yeah. And and I would say like, you know, I, I'm not going to end I won't up be there with you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm really like, clear. yes, maybe yeah. you are, but I am not. Yeah. And then I remember one time um, I was in the bathroom crying mm-hmm. because something had happened. And and I've always believed in childlike faith. I mean, mm-hmm. I have childlike faith. I live like a kid. Yeah. And I mean, I eat like a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> you and I both, sister. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I was crying and I'm like, Lord, am I stupid? Like, am I stupid for having childlike faith? Like, mm-hmm. I just believe you're going to make everything okay, you mm-hmm. know? And this is after the house was gone and the condo in San yeah. Diego was gone and the yacht was gone. And But I still, you know, I was happy where I was. Like, mm-hmm. I was healthy. I had my family. Everybody's alive. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. And, and I walked outside after crying and I sat with my husband at the time. And the first words out of his mouth, I am not lying, was, what a blessing it would be to have childlike faith. Wow. And again, an answer straight from the universe, yeah. man, like yeah. straight from God. So that that just said it all to yeah. me. Like, you know what, Anita, you're on the right path. Absolutely. Like, just continue to have childlike faith. Yeah. I will take care of you. Yeah. And he has. Yeah. He has. And that's one thing that I love about you and is really inspiring is that your faith and your devotion and your intimacy with your God is so profound. Has it always been like that for you? Like, were you like this as a little kid or did you have like a spiritual awakening? Maybe I had a spiritual awakening, but I can tell you as a little kid being raised Catholic, Mm -hmm. them wanting me to go to confession Mm -hmm. was always like BS to me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what the hell? Like, why am I going to go tell this person behind this curtain? He's still a person. Like, I mean, I would lie in confession because like, am I going (laughs) to tell somebody what I did wrong? I don't know you, you know? And then, and then I'd always think, how many Hail Marys and our fathers does he know is going to make it right? Like, it just seemed like just crap to Mm -hmm. me, you know? So, yeah, I was always a rebel, 
in that sense. <laughs> and because I'd be like, you, you've told me all my life. He knows every number of hair on my head. Right. And so what the hell? He knows what I did wrong. I need to go tell somebody what I did wrong. <laughs> I just need to tell him, like, forgive yeah. me, Lord, you know. So, yeah, I, I've always had kind of a, a rebel mentality when mm -hmm. it comes to to God because yeah. I did have my own relationship. And I think that's why I wanted to go home. Yeah. Literally wanted to go home. When I think of my God, my father, like I think of my father. Mm -hmm. Like when I, the day I meet him, I, I just imagine myself running into his arms and yeah. literally jumping and it, like, man, I'm home. Like yeah. there's no disconnect yeah. there. Yeah. And I think there's something about being a highly sensitive person or being an empath, whatever, you know, title you want to use and having these moments of not wanting to be here, having these moments of like, I don't, this doesn't feel good being human. Mm, yeah. This is, there's too much suffering. You know, we talk about this yes. when we're, when we're going and, and doing our service trips, like there's, there's extreme poverty that we're witnessing, extreme suffering and, and your heart just breaks over yeah. it. And that's something that is really important to me in my counseling practice is, is, you know, being able to, you know, I think the spiritual phrase is to be in this world, but not not of it, you know, to, mm -hmm. to, to have like a healthy level of detachment almost you because have to. it will swallow you up. Yep. It'll swallow you up. Yeah. And it, you know, that's actually what the medium told my sister. Mm -hmm. that the, the world was too, too much, too much for yeah. my nephew. Yeah. It swallowed him up. And I, I believe he was highly sensitive too, Yeah, because at the funeral, everybody who got up there said, and he was always happy, like always smiling. I mm -hmm. knew he struggled with some issues. I didn't realize he was a high functioning depressive as well, yeah. but everybody who got up and spoke at his funeral just always said how wonderful he was and he was always there for everyone and he would listen to their problems mm -hmm. and this was everybody. So can you imagine not being a counselor and listening to everybody's right. problems at a young age and yeah. not knowing how to deal with all these emotions that are coming in? Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes I'm driving down the street, I'm not kidding, I'll, I'll break out in tears and yeah. I wonder what the hell's going on and there'll be a funeral procession driving right. by. So it's like things like that. And if you're not aware, mm -hmm. I wasn't aware. Mm -hmm. I became aware later. Yeah. And then it all started making sense. Mm -hmm. So that's also why I wanted to do this. Because it's like, you need to be aware that that what powerful. Yes. That these things exist. Yeah. And you, if the more you're aware, the more you can deal with it. And the more you can understand it. And mm -hmm. the more you can help and yeah. serve. And that's what took me into service mm -hmm. was was my ex. Mm. It was I needed somewhere to serve. Yeah. Like I needed and it was both of them, actually. Mm -hmm. You know, I started serving at the church. Yeah. The youth group. But, you know, that went bad after two years because my ex showed up. Oh, no. Yeah. And then the pastor put out an email and like let all these people know that I didn't even know. And I'm getting approached at church. And, you know, so, Yeah. People how do you reconcile that, though? I mean, this is a man that you were married to for how how many years? I was with him for, I was married to him for 10 years. Mm -hmm. We were together for 14. Okay. And presently, like, what, where where are you at in your heart with him? I mean, is there is there resentment? Is there compassion for him? So much compassion. Yeah. Sometimes too much compassion. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the love will always be there. Yeah. He's a human being. Of course. Right? Who wants to see a human being suffer? And then to see somebody so successful. Mm-hmm literally crash yeah like just watch watch it mm -hmm. was unbelievable yeah it's it's kind of like how does this happen and then being a wife and and knowing like because he lost his mom and mm -hmm. then a year later or it was actually the opposite he lost his brother and then a year later he lost his mother to cancer okay. 
in the mean he also lost his business yeah. and you know so many things had happened and so I didn't know if he was depressed mm-hmm. or what do you do and and so I just started learning real estate yeah and serving mm-hmm. and then meeting so many amazing people mm-hmm. like you and Daniel and Prosperity yeah. Homes and and but that all came from service mm-hmm. Like, and you you have that kind of that heart towards your real estate practice. I mean, it's it is like your your love language, your your act of service. So can you talk a little bit about your relationship with real estate? My relationship with real estate. Well, it's really interesting because, like I said, when I started real estate, I was really down. And yeah. then I, I come into the, and I hadn't worked mind you, for over 10 years. Okay. Yeah. You really I, were living the life. I was living the life. I was retired. <laughs> I was retired living the life, you know? Yeah. Just traveling and going fishing on the yacht yeah. for weekends. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Life of luxury. Life of luxury. Yeah. yeah. And and then I, you know, and then it's like, bam, got to go to work. And mm-hmm. I'm in my, I'm 50. Mm-hmm. And I would go into the office and all these beautiful women. I mean, I couldn't have gone to a, a, a office with hotter women, honestly. <laughs> It's like ding. <laughs> I thought I was nice. cute. Yeah, it was funny too because my ex told me that too. when I started, he goes, "Oh, you must be the hottest girl in the office." I'm like, "Oh, dang, you haven't been to my office." It's like Pico Rivera. It's like you know, boobies and butts everywhere. Yeah, it was great. But you know, it was it was really crazy because I didn't know what to do. Yeah. I, I was lost, mm-hmm. and and my brother told me, "Why don't you go talk to this man, Richard?" Say his name because he he actually helped me a lot. He doesn't mm-hmm. even know it. But thank this, you, Richard. Thank you, Richard. <laughs> He's part. I may interview him. I asked him already. But I I went into the interview and they said, "Why do you want to work here?" And I was like, "Well, I don't know. I'm. That's why I'm here." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Well, it's online." I'm like, "Yeah, but I'm here. You know, yeah. <laughs> why don't you tell me what you have to offer a new agent?" And he like started going through. We have training. We have Bible study. We have Toastmasters. We have book club. But something about Toastmasters, mm-hmm. it was like, I this I have to do this. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'm in. And being so low, I was trying to build myself up. I joined everything. I joined book club and Toastmasters and all of it. And and Richard ended up giving a speech. And it was his story. Mm. Not knowing my story. Mm -hmm. And his story was like my story. Mm -hmm. And he talked about how wonderful his wife was Mm. in that moment. And it was like, wow. You know, so... Knowing the power mm-hmm. of a story, knowing yeah. what his story did for me, mm-hmm. really pushed me into like it was it was that moment where you're like, wow, this is really what I need to do. Mm-hmm. I need to share my story. Yeah. And I need to be in Toastmasters. Mm-hmm. And I need to be on stage. Because people <laughs> need to hear what I have to say. But when you talk about that, you get emotional. Why does why does it make you emotional? Because I think that's when I found my why. People always talk about what's your why, find Mm -hmm. your why, how do you find your why? And and they're always looking at at finding their why. And all I can, like the only advice I can give to find your why is keep going. Just keep moving. Mm -hmm. Do different things. Ask questions. Like don't stop. Because, I mean, man, I remember the mornings like I'd wake up and I would, like that was the hardest part. Mm -hmm. Getting out of bed Mm -hmm. and opening the blinds. Mm And then getting ready and going into this office with all these beautiful people Mm -hmm. and trying to stay focused. But real estate's been a saving grace. Yeah, Yeah, because it's all about mindset. Mm -hmm. 
and, you know, believing in yourself and knowing you can do it and coaches and all this rah-rah, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, but I, I sucked up all the rah-rah, but yeah. the rah-rah that worked for me. Right. You know, not the the money, mm -hmm. not how to make the money. Like mm -hmm. money's never been my passion. Yeah, uh, it is now. Mm -hmm. Like because now it's like I read, um, "You're a badass at making money," mm -hmm. and that changed my life. What What did you learn from reading that book? All the blocks we have about money, mm -hmm. especially like the ones you don't know about. Yeah, you know, um, money's the root of all evil. Right. It's like, that's crap. Yeah. People are evil. Well, the the actual phrase evil. is the love of money is See? the root of all evil. Right, but yeah. you, they, they throw that out. Just right. like uh, jack of all trades, master of none. I'd hear that all the time. Ugh, I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. Like, mm -hmm. eh. And then I heard on TikTok, jack of all trades, master of none is better than being only a master of one. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, damn. Then yeah. I could pat myself on the back. Okay, I'm on the right track. Yeah. But it takes little things like that to make you believe. Like, So really, real estate just made me start searching more mm -hmm. and believing in myself more yeah. and realizing like, and learning how to tune out the noise. Huge. Learning how to tune out the noise. Yeah. Because I know when I started real estate, like in the office I was in was very competitive mm -hmm. and I'm sure people were talking shit about me. Like, oh, she just wants to dress up and come to work every day and look cute. It's like, no, me dressing up and coming to work every day is freaking work. Yeah. Your save was your saving grace. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the money, like I wasn't trying to make money. I was right. trying to survive, yeah. like my soul. Right. You know? And that's the thing is that we never know what is really going on the other side of somebody's life. Yeah. Especially with this, like, you know, social media lifestyle and, you know, these, the the highlight reels. Oh, yeah. You just don't know what somebody's story is. Yeah. And so, you know, I just want to like thank you and acknowledge you for creating this platform for people to share the truth of their story because it is sacred. It is medicinal, just like, you know, you um, hearing, was it Rich, Richard sharing mm -hmm. his story and the mm -hmm. impact that it had on you? Um, you know, you're you're creating a container for that for other people as well. And I think it's really important. And that's what I want to do. I just want to I I want people to find the freedom and the liberation mm -hmm. that I did in sharing my story yeah. and yeah. finally sharing my story yeah. and realizing that, hey, man, like. You're, it's not something to be ashamed of yeah. or embarrassed of. Like people need to know, right. like they need to know that that you know you're not just this hot chick. <laughs> <laughs> you are that, <laughs> and so yeah, much yeah, more. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that you know, like, and and you know, the best part about it for me is when I tell people my story, and mm -hmm. they're like, "We had no idea." Right. It's like, good. Yeah. I didn't want you to have an idea. Right. Because my my Instagram at that time, like my sister would tell me that too. You're so fake. Like it's so fake. Mm. And not knowing that she was like so damaging. Like yeah. it's not fake. Yeah. It's not. That's me. Right. right. I'm fighting to I'm fighting to keep me. Yes. And to find me again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that part about it was was like the best. What is what is something that you feel like people like misconstrue about you or something that you wish people understood about you that they don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when people ask me that question, I always laugh because I have a TikTok that I did and I'm all people think just because I'm Christian, I won't slap you. Like I'll slap you <laughs> for forgiveness. You know, like don't mistake my kindness for weakness. Yeah. Don't think because I'm Christian, I'm not gonna speak up. Right. Um, you know, God 
I believe there's warriors, right? I'm a, a Christ warrior. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to stay quiet. I'm yeah. I'm going to let you know what I think. Mm -hmm. And and just because I'm Christian doesn't mean I'm going to keep my mouth shut or I'm going to agree with everything you say because you go to church and you're Christian. Right. Like no, like yeah. we all have a mind of our own, mm -hmm. and it's time we start using it and and voicing our opinions. And mm -hmm. there's a healthy way to do that, yeah. like this. Mm -hmm. You know, it's yeah. it's not um not trying to fight, right? It's yeah. not combative. Yeah. It's it's just having a real conversation. And I think the more conversations we have mm -hmm. as humanity, like yeah. humans, the more we understand. And and that's the big problem I do have with religion mm. is it can be so legalistic. Mm -hmm. And life isn't Dogmatic. legalistic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, and God wasn't. I mean, you know, he had his moments, but for the most part, he loved everybody. Mm -hmm. He sat with the prostitutes and the tax collectors and mm -hmm. You know, I mean, this chick on Instagram, it was so funny. She got so angry over a woman's like, what was it? What is it called when they, fans only yeah, page? Only yeah, yeah. <laughs> fans mm -hmm. only. But it's like, leave her alone. Mm -hmm. Why do you have to be hateful? Yeah. I, I mean, when I, when I started real estate, it was mm -hmm. really funny because I left to go to another company mm -hmm. and I had people come at me mm -hmm. and I, I was new to real estate. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of still, I started in 2019, mm -hmm. you know, so it is new to me yeah. and and hearing people like don't forget where you came from and i'm like and then i go back to like um i came from my mom <laughs> like what do you mean is we in a gang like this yeah. is real estate <laughs> yeah so it was it was interesting to me and um but you know i'm i'm continuing to grow i'm continuing to grow my business yeah. and my life and and my network mm -hmm. and my friends and and so I, I've learned to just shut people out because mm -hmm. they don't pay my bills. That's right. So you know, you can have an opinion. I love this question. If you were independently wealthy, if you had more money than you knew what to do with, what would you do with your time? Oh, I'd I'd have my ranch. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about it. So I want to build a ranch. Um, we would go. We take the kids camping. Mm -hmm. I, I also work with another foundation, Chilo Foundation, and we would take the kids camping every mm -hmm. year. We did that, I think, for the last three years, four years. And um, my kiddos had the privilege of going with you. Yes, guys. Thank they you for that did. Invitation. Oh, my yeah. gosh. They're amazing. Your kids are amazing. I'll take them anytime. <laughs> yeah. But I, I noticed also that um, there's a lot of distraction in the world. Yes. And the camp is fun that we go to. Mm -hmm. That's great. You know, but I want to have a camp with equine therapy mm -hmm. and I want them to learn breath work. Yeah. And I want them to learn how to meditate. Mm -hmm. And I don't want any distractions there. The mm -hmm. only distractions there I want are animals. Yes. You know, I want them to chase the chickens and to play with the pigs and to learn how to self-soothe and mm -hmm. to learn how to just self-soothe by listening to the wind in the trees. Yes. I mean, just laying on the grass and, and grounding. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. just like this morning, like doing this, I told you I was nervous. You're like... Don't forget to ground, yeah. you know? And you were really my confirmation because I'm like, I got to get out to the beach. I got to get yeah. out. To, and I didn't. I didn't. And then you said that. I'm like, okay, Anita, let's yeah. get out there. Mm -hmm. like, you know, because it's easy to hide mm -hmm. and to just, you know, get stuck in our own heads. Yeah. But, yeah, when you go out in nature and you just do it. So, yeah, I want them to have that ability to, to have that space. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. Thanks. So if there was one person listening here that was like in desperate need of um, inspiration or wisdom, if you could, you know, speak to their heart, what would you, what would you share? That you're not alone. Mm. 
You're not alone. There's yeah. so many people that care and so many people that love you. And even mm -hmm. if you feel like they don't, mm -hmm. they do. Yeah. You will be missed. Mm -hmm. People will be heartbroken. Mm -hmm. And there's help yeah. available. Yeah. Like it's it's you know, for suicide, especially, you know, it's a permanent solution to yes. a temporary problem. I mm -hmm. mean, I'm 52 now. And mm -hmm. like, it's like almost, I mean, seriously, like one of the best times of my life, yeah. even after living with all that money and all that fun, like this is like one of the best times of my life yeah. because yeah. this is like my life mm -hmm. and then, and I'm doing something to help others yeah. and to hopefully make a difference. Yeah. And I don't care, like, if it makes a difference in everybody. I don't, like, I don't need to change the world. Mm -hmm. But I, one person, yeah. one person, that mm -hmm. one person can become the president. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Like, yeah. we never know Absolutely. who's listening or who's watching. Yeah. Do you want to um, share some resources if somebody is in that place where they're contemplating suicide? Do you want to talk about the foundation that you work with or just some of the resources that you've learned in your journey? Yes. Well, there's the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, mm -hmm. AFSP.org. Mm -hmm. They have tons of resources on there. They have classes that even parents can take. Amazing. Yes. So they have they have resources for parents that are struggling with troubled children. They have resources for the kids. They have resources if you want to teach a high school or, you know, learn, learn any, I mean, cert, cert, you can get certifications on there for, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I would go there first. Absolutely. Okay. AFSP.org. Excellent. <laughs> Is there anything else that you want to share with the audience before oh, we wrap the up? the audience. Well, I want you to know that I'm here and I'm always here. So if you want to share your story, if you feel a desire to share your story and you're looking for a safe place, please reach out. I would love to hear it. And I'm always available if you just want to talk. You can find me on Instagram. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Yeah. Again, I'm so grateful for you and my, your presence in my life personally oh, and also just how you show up in the community and creating this platform and, and um, you know, inviting people to share their story. And I'm excited to share my story Ooh, next. Thank you. You're an amazing <laughs> co-host. Now I'll go to round two and yeah. you're in the hot seat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>